Welcome to the Esports Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark. And on this podcast, we break down business strategy and marketing for business owners and creators in the gaming and esports industries. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the Esports Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and today we had a guest interview with Danny Berger. Danny was recently head of content and socials at the Atlanta Reign, a professional Overwatch League team, and now recently started a role as a digital content creator at Steel Series. And in today's interview, we discussed all things content creation, what goes into running a professional esports team's social media account, and there's a ton of actionable tips. If you're looking to get into that field, whether it be social media management or just general content creation, this is going to be a super valuable podcast for you to listen to. So I would highly encourage you to listen all the way till the end. And if you do find value out of it, I would really appreciate it if you drop a five-star rating and review down below. And be sure to share the link to this episode with a friend who might find value from it as well. And most importantly, if you enjoy this type of content, you find this valuable to you and your career as a content creator or business owner in gaming and esports, I would highly encourage you to join the Esports Economics Discord server, which is linked down in the description below, posting tons of exclusive content in there, video breakdowns, articles, podcasts, tons of stuff that's going to help you level up your content, level up your marketing. So I'd really love to see you in there. And I'm just spending time in there answering questions, doing all sorts of stuff like that. So the link to that is below. It's completely free, giving away all my best stuff. So with that being said, I think that wraps up the intro. And now without any further ado, let's get into the podcast episode. And we are live. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Esports Economics Podcast. Today, I have Danny Berger here with me, aka The Burger. What is going on? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show. I've been following your content for a minute now. I really enjoy what you're putting out, what you've been doing with the Atlanta Rain, now going to be doing with Steel Series. Mm-hmm. So, super excited to dive into all that, your creative process. Yeah. Hopefully, learn a thing or two from you. Uh, so, I'm excited to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm super pumped. So let's let's dive right into it. What do you got for me? Well, first things first, how did you get to where you are now? So give us you can mm-hmm. give us a cliff notes version. We could spend the whole hour talking about your life story, cool. whatever you whatever route you want to go. Awesome. Uh you choose, but how did you get from not mm-hmm. creating content to creating content and ultimately into the esports scene and the gaming scene? Yeah, yeah. So um I'll give like the super watered down because the the early life had nothing to do with gaming. Honestly, like I gamed, you know, I played Halo as, you know, when I was growing yeah. up, World of Warcraft, stuff like that. Uh, I was actually an acting major in college. So I went to school for okay. acting. Uh, the goal was to be, you know, rich, famous, popular, all that good stuff. Um, and then while I was in college, I, I did you it. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm <laughs> totally happy with where I'm at. So when I was in college, you know, my thought process was, all right, how am I going to get my face in front of as many faces as possible to get gigs? So I was like, YouTube, right? So I'm like, I'll make a sketch comedy YouTube channel. It was called Not All There. Um, it was really bad. So if you look it up, you'll, you'll be able to see my terrible acting and writing skills. Um, so I was doing YouTube, you know, mainly to get my face out there for, for my acting career. Uh, and while I was doing it, doing it, you know, you're learning new skills. You're learning how to script, how to, you know, produce the content, where to set the cameras, where to set the lights, um, you know, because you have a bigger objective going on. Obviously, the acting never kicked off. I was on Saturday Night Live a couple times, which was pretty rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we did oh, that. 
Um, but while I was doing YouTube, you know, I started Overwatch League came out season one and I was a, you know, I was a fusion fan. So that's how I actually got into it. Went to the first inaugural, you know, finals at the Barclays Center in New York City. And I saw all these guys running around with cameras and I was like, that's sick. I want to do that. Like, you know, it just clicked. The energy of the crowd was amazing. Um, and it was something I'd never experienced before. So I was like, man, people need to see this. This is really, really cool. You know, if people could feel what I'm feeling right now physically here, yeah, people would come to these all the time. Uh, so once that passed, you know, it was probably another six months of working retail. I quit my retail job randomly one day. And then I got a call from a, a college program. They were founding one of their uh, varsity esports programs. So this is this is on the tales of like Maryville University was started before the school I worked for, um, and they were probably out for a year before us, right? So I'm I'm in the you know the newer schools that are getting in and founding the collegiate program as a content director. So I was in charge of making content for Hearthstone, Overwatch, and League of Legends, uh, two of which I'd never played too much of. And Overwatch was my, yeah. you know, I knew it. So I was like, yeah, I can, I'll figure it out, right? Um, so I started working. That was my first salaried esports gig. I had no idea what I was doing. I was shooting everything on this Pixel 2, right? Like I had no clue, man. Um, and that's where I started developing my methods, right? So like that's where I really started finding my style and finding, you know, what was content, right? So I was navigating a new industry. I was navigating... Um, you know, three different, entirely different titles, you know, not even the same publisher, right? Um, and that's where I just started. That was really my canvas. So like, that's where you're, if you go back and watch those videos, you'll see like the the kind of like seeds that I, I use now. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's the early settings. Like I had early storytelling, right? Like there wasn't complete story arcs. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't many themes and threads, but you can see the, the ruminations of them, right? The start of those happening. Um, I did that for about, nine to 10 months. And then I, they, they let me go. Right. It was great. Everybody gets fired in esports. It's phenomenal. <laughs> um, so I actually got let go for underperforming in social media, which was not my job. Uh, they fired their social media manager. They asked me to cover for three months, never rehired. Right. So lesson learned, right. Take on jobs that, you know, get yeah. everything on paper. But while I was at the college, I was making connections. Right. So we were partnered with the Philly fusion for, at the collegiate level. So I was filming all of the Fusion's homestands. Um, anytime mm -hmm. they did like a homestand event, not a homestand, but they were doing regionalization had just launched. Yeah. So I was there filming their very first events. I was making connections. Um, I was making videos all the time. I started following all of the, the people who made content in the Overwatch League to learn how to better my collegiate content. Uh, in that, I saw the rain come out and JB Prodigy, my roommate now and boss, right? Uh, I started following him and I just followed his story, you know, how he joined NRG. He worked for the shock and, you know, I would just start liking all the stuff he started posting, right? Like all of his yep. videos were bangers. I thought they were, they were one of the teams that made consistent content. So I just stuck with, with following that model so that when I was let go, uh, he actually tweeted one day, Hey, we're looking for somebody to take my job because the, the Atlanta esports ventures where I currently work was starting a call of duty team. Right. So Jay was moving on to have two at uh, two directors working under him. So I took I, you know, I DM'd him. I said, hey, I think I'm a good fit. Uh, you want to check out my stuff? Seven interviews later, I was working for the Atlanta Rain. Right. So I only had about two weeks in between jobs. And that's how I got to where I am now. So that's kind of the watered down version. It was not a straight trajectory. I didn't really even go to school for editing. I was just learning to, you know, make money and try to get famous. There you go. Love it. <laughs> Now, when you were networking, because 
in the esports industry and really in any industry, networking is arguably the most important aspect of oh, getting yeah. the position to mm-hmm. um, land these sort of roles. What were the what were some lessons you learned along the way? Because I know mm-hmm. a lot of people go about networking in a way that just is not very effective. So mm-hmm. what were some things that worked well for you? Maybe some networking fails that occurred that you're like, oh, oh yeah, we have ton, tons of networking fails, right? Because you're uh, for me, it was learning more the etiquette, right? Like, how do you, is it appropriate to approach people? Uh, since yeah. I was so new, to be honest with you, I wasn't focused so much on networking. I was focused on uh, just providing value, like however I could. So I wasn't, you know, reaching out to Philly Fusion trying to get a job. I was reaching out to them saying, hey, I'm here. I'm filming for the college. I snagged you guys a couple shots. So I ended up linking up with their their content person and they just started, you know, using my shots, right? Yeah. Because it added value to what they were doing. Um, and I didn't need the, you know, I was working. So like I was getting paid. I was already there. Um, and I saw that, you know, they responded way better to you giving them shit than you asking for stuff, yeah. right? So when I learned that, I found that while I was at events, I would just search for the guy with the camera, right? That guy was usually in touch with the socials guy. So I could go and find them and say, hey, I'm here. Um, how can I help you? Or, you know, I'm super tied to my phone. I'm always on Twitter. So for the okay. most part, before I'm even at events, I've already interacted with most of these people because Twitter Twitter is just an open conversation. I see Twitter as an appropriate platform to interject your opinion no matter who's talking, right? Like people want engagement. So I had already interacted with people. So it wasn't so much of a networking thing for me. It was just, how can I help these people? You know, make, How can I make their job easier? Because I'm going to learn something, right? For me, I was getting paid in knowledge. Uh, you know, I didn't know how to run social media. I didn't know how to make the perfect video. So while I was making my own stuff, I was just trying to learn, you know, my networking didn't come in the form of just trying to make connections for agendas. Uh, some, some fails though, you know, are, um, you know, just, I straight up DM people. I was like, Hey, uh, how do I get a job with you guys? Which is my, I don't ask me that question in my DMs. (laughs) Like it automatically just, it gets me so fired up. Um, You know, but I learned like after one time of doing that, like, don't do that. Like they were like, this is actually inappropriate. So I learned it. Um, I learned it through trial and error. You know, I started going through, but my advice is if you're trying to network with people before you even reach out, uh, you know, ask yourself, like, what can I give this person? How can I add value to this person's life? It, it, like with no agenda, don't expect anything in re- return. I don't expect anybody to ever retweet me, tag me, credit me, nothing, right? Like I just give them the knowledge in the hopes that they can achieve more than I can. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And then once you got the role, one question we got in the chat from Dalton Floyd 67, mm-hmm. he's asking, how did you adjust to creating content to games or for games that you weren't really that familiar with? That's a great question. That's a phenomenal question. Um, you One, don't be scared, right? Like like I told myself, yo, you're going to fuck this up. It Like it didn't even matter, right? So like I was like, how do you make a highlight reel for League of Legends? I had no idea. Yeah. The first thing you want to do is find a content creator that's making content like that is the most similar to what you're trying to achieve, right? So like I knew I wanted a hype reel, so I started looking up just League of Legends hype reels YouTube, right? That's where you're going to get your inspiration. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. I like these effects. I like the storytelling. Then your next step is how do I make it, right? Start YouTubing. How did he do this effect or how, what is this effect called? Um, and then just play a shit ton of the game, man. Like even if you hate it, right? Like Overwatch and I have a love-hate relationship. Um, <laughs> but I'm so, I, I think I'm good at making content for Overwatch specifically 
because I find these little tiny details that like you only get from playing that game for a hundred hours and smashing your head on the keyboard. Um, Cause for me, it's not, you don't have to be the best at the game and you don't have to know everything about the game. It's more important for you to know the community surrounding the game. Nowadays, every hype reels, you know, in my opinion, hype reels and, and frag reels, they're flashy. Um, but people want more, more, um, you know, sustenance in their content. So my suggestion is maybe just start looking at the fans of that new game. They're going to tell you what they want to watch, right? I never have to guess what kind of content to make because I can just read comments. I'm really good at just reading the room and I don't know anything about League of Legends, but I know people are interested in, you know, how did players get where they are, right? That's easy. You don't need to know League of Legends to interview a player about their career. So find that as you start bridging it and as you start looking up, you know, clips for this and, you know, for B-roll and all that stuff, you start picking up the game. But just understand it's going to take some time. You know, give yourself that break, but focus on the people and you really won't get lost. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to social media and content creation, Mm -hmm. being able to speak their language in esports, in traditional sports, in any industry is mm-hmm. crazy important because especially in gaming and esports, people can sniff you out. Like if you're a oh, fake yeah. and you don't really know what you're talking about, they'll call you out. Oh, you'll real get exposed. Quick. Yeah. Social media exposes everybody real fast. Definitely. Now you had mentioned in your first role as quote unquote social media manager when you weren't mm-hmm. really supposed to be a social media <laughs> manager. Kind of rough. But with yes. the Atlanta Rain, you ended mm-hmm. up running like their socials, running content. Yeah. So how did you learn? throughout that process and develop your skills and uh yeah walk us through that yeah so social media scares the living hell out of me i I just start out (laughs) with that like when i interviewed for this job i told like i was like yo i will not touch socials right because i was i was burned from my last job so i was like you know don't touch it you can't get messed up um you know obviously the the industry changes and responsibilities start to shift as these organizations grow and they learn who should be managing what Um, you know, so I just kind of took it and I said, you know what, I got to run it. Somebody's got to do it. So tips on how I kind of assumed that brand identity is, you know, again, I just, I go right to the community. Like when the community retweets your brand page and they say, oh my gosh, I love Atlanta rain because this, this, and this write that shit down. Like they're telling you why they love you. So you're going to one touch base with your community, be like, Hey, uh, you know, what are you guys into? I pull, I pull a lot on my personal Twitter and I apply it to the brand account. So like, I'll go on my personal and say, what kind of content do you guys want? Like, I don't know if you guys are into videos anymore. Like, do you guys want more graphics? And I'll just straight up ask, ask the internet, um, you know, and, and read your, you know, most companies have brand guides, you know, the, the owner from the top down will say, here's why I chose this color. And this is what our motto is. And this is what our mission is. That's, that's called your brand identity, absorb it, learn it. And then, you know, at first I started by just kind of riffing off of what JB was doing, right? So I found, I went through the Reigns Twitter and I just studied his voice. You know, we were sarcastic. We were cocky. Um, we weren't, you know, the Reign is kind of more meme than most uh, Overwatch teams. Um, and we don't really like to cram top five plays videos, right? Like I don't like yeah. it personally, so I just stopped doing it, right? People, like it's old news. So I found like, I'm just going to troll my community. Overwatch loves being trolled. Right. So I just started tweeting stupid shit. I was like, yo, turn your phone off and go to bed. And then you have your community <laughs> turn on you. It's great. Right. Like I want to be the anti-hero because that's yeah. what the rain was to me. You know, that's the brand mm. that JB developed that I was get it. The torch was being passed to me and you as a social media manager, um, you know, you have play. But at the end of the day, it's not your voice. You know, it's not Danny speaking through the rain. 
you know, it's the rain speaking, right? There is a fourth wall that is a brand, like it's a different person. It's just like acting for me, right? Um, yeah. And then once you get real good at just being that voice, then you start like, then you start marrying between yourself and the brand, right? So a lot of people now will be able to tell like, oh, Danny sent that tweet, right? Because they're they're going to learn how I speak and how I slowly started shifting the brand voice. We got a little snarkier when I started taking over. Not because I like to be snarky, but because it created engagement yeah. and because people loved it. People started DMing us like, wow, I don't know what happened, but you guys are sassy and I love it, right? So I just started leaning into that. And that's my, you know, I'm playing to my strengths. Me as a person, I'm dry, I'm sarcastic, I'm kind of low energy and I don't like to be bothered, right? But <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm an actor. So like people think I'm extroverted. So I just play the extroverted voice and I lean into the cocky. You know, the players, the players call everybody trash and feeders, like, instead of fighting that and trying to be politically correct or, you know, like we don't have PR agents who are going to yell at us. I get in trouble if the player tweets something like real bad, but yeah. I have the freedom to be like, no, we're going to lean into this. Like if dog man was calling somebody a feeder, I, I was like, yo, you're a feeder. What you got to say, right? Because that's our brand boys. Like we were the anti-heroes. So lean into it and, and realize nobody, like you're not going to please everybody. We have people who absolutely, I got the job for rain and I got several DMs saying, you're a piece of shit person. Like people just didn't like the org, right? I was new to it, but like whatever had happened or however the brand was interacting with those people, like I was hated. I have like a hate cult against me. It's great. I love it. I love when people hate me. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, but like leaning into the, lean into the brand and like realize it is, it it's partially, it is partially your voice, but start with that brand first and evolve it and realize it is going to change. Yeah, you read my mind with the second half of that answer because then I was gonna, I was going to ask you playing devil's advocate like mm -hmm. where were there people who just could not stand the snarkiness mm -hmm. and, and like kind of fought back against it and complain because yeah. there's always that and I feel like some brands try a little too hard to be snarky yeah. but I feel mm -hmm. like like you're saying it fit your brand it fit what you guys were trying to do from the beginning mm -hmm. you weren't trying to do it just to fit a trend right right and there's a difference right like Wendy's Twitter is the snarkiest Twitter I know. Right. I yeah. follow so many non-game, non-endemic Twitters because they're doing social right. Wendy's is one of them. However, that would not work if that person they hire wasn't that wasn't their personality, because then that's when you get that forced feeling. Right. That's why I'm saying if you're a super upbeat, positive person, don't fall for this trap of dark humor comedy. It's gonna fall on deaf ears. Like you're not gonna connect with what you're writing and your audience won't connect because it, it feels like a misconnection. Like if you're upbeat, positive and sunshine and rainbows, build that into your brand, like lean into what you're comfortable with. Don't try to fit a trend because trends get freaking boring, man. Like that's why I'm tweeting random meme trash. No on rain. I'm so bored with like most content out there right now that like, I want to bash my head against a keyboard and just be like, yo, what are you guys doing? Like, wake up, stop copy pastaing from three years ago. Like it's, it's boring. Like <laughs> socials bore me right now. Um, you know, that's why I push myself because I'm bored, right? Make the content you want to see being made. And I was like, dude, these these orgs are being boring. Like, I, I just find random shit and I'm like, I'm thinking of him and it's a picture of Torbjorn. Like, has nothing to do. I'm not selling tickets. I'm not selling merch. It does nothing for me. Yeah. It's just people are like, yo, that's funny. Like, let's just laugh tonight. There's no reason why you guys have to have to follow the trends of being dark humor. Like, self-deprecating humor only works if you actually believe it, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely don't force yourself outside of your comfort zone. 
Definitely. I think that that response kind of set us up for yeah. hot takes. I, I know I'm all about that those. We're, gonna get me we're ready to get into some hot takes. Yeah, uh, might piss the people off. So on that, you, you had mentioned that you're kind of bored with social media content yeah. right now. Nothing's really exciting you that much. Mm-hmm. What do you think needs to change? Like what, like why is it so boring to you right now? You got a couple things now, right? So you have COVID. It makes it like I, I'm sh- like I kick myself in the ass because I didn't make the content that I know I can make, that I'm capable of making. Because I had this yeah. whole plan of being in Atlanta with the players. We, you know, we were gonna start, you know, just following the players around for a day. Like, you know, we were gonna yeah. take Baby Bay out, like shopping, getting his hair done, like shit, like that, like some real MTV styles, like behind the scenes shit, right? Um, we just can't. So the first roadblock is how do you get over COVID, right? The travel restrictions and filming physically. So now we're in this trap. What can, what can orgs do? They can do stream highlights. They can do discord interviews, um, or they can just keep, you know, playing off of we're champions for two years in a row. Like stop. Okay. We get it. You, you won twice and you're going to win a third time, <laughs> but like, that's fucking boring, right? Like just like for me, like we, people are too scared i think right now especially like humor itself has changed like there's certain things that like used to be like i was talking to my one friend last week about you know even like a company like rooster teeth i don't know if you guys are familiar but rooster teeth are the people that made red versus blue and halo and it's old Mm -hmm. style comedy like on youtube and i was telling him if they started from scratch now with that humor they would be canceled in a heartbeat bro like they they would yeah. be they would be like oh you can't call people stupid right like i'm saying that as a filler but like they want to make it in today's climate so like orgs orgs and brands are terrified of posting new content right like you don't want to offend people which is fine like you you should like i am all about inclusivity in the Definitely. esports space but our job is also we're like comedians like you do walk that line of like what's too fucked up right and if you and and most orgs, they're like super like, nope, we're not even gonna touch it. Here's another Christmas post. Like, right? Like they're gonna yeah. do what and most orgs wait until they see what we tweet. Like I've had people like, Oh, you guys tweeted about that. It's okay now. Or they'll ask me, like, did Overwatch yell at you for that? And I'm like, who the fuck cares? I'll do like I'm gonna ask for forgiveness, not permission to to spice it up. Um, you know, people are afraid to try new shit. Like, I like, and, and a, another reason is, you know, when you work in an endemic org or even a non-endemic org and you're in a league, like a franchise league, you're kind of at the mercy of sponsors, right? So sponsors are the lifeblood right now for how these orgs are hitting payroll and, and you know, all of that. So when a sponsor gives you a lot of money to make you say 20 videos in a year, right? Which isn't a lot, you know, they dictate that content, Right. So my first goal is I say, what are you, what are you looking to get out of this relationship, this partnership from me? And they, you know, they tell me, oh, we want downloads or we want people to buy McNuggets, right? I'll use McDonald's in this example. And, and once we have the objective, that's what those videos lean towards. Now, me as the creative director can pitch as many ideas as I want, but McDonald's and their 15 lawyers are going to sit in a room and say, this is the safe <laughs> bet, right? We're not going to get sued. We don't even know what a mixer is, right? Like they have no idea. Uh, and then most yeah. of them, they want to buy a top five plays with their logo in the bottom. You know, we have the golden arches play of or golden moment of the game, whatever golden arches is what we came up with, but it's the safe thing. They think that's what people want to see. Yeah. So orgs are, orgs are just going to take the money they need to pay, right? There's no profit in esports, like for the most part, um, you know, if you break even, you're kind of succeeding right now, but you're going to take the money and you got to deliver first. 
Now I'm cranking my ass off on 20 shitty ass hollow videos with no value for my for my fans because my fans are 15 to 18 with no salary jobs not buying McDonald's on the app because they're gonna walk because it's three minutes it's three minutes down the street and it's not gonna charge me a DoorDash fee. Right? Yeah. Like there's no marketing thought in the like there's no they're not connected, right? They're out of touch, but I have to deliver on it. Right. We promised. So now my labor is going to that. My labor is not going to creating like a baby bay frag reel, right? That's all whiffing shots, right? Like that, that's one of my ideas, but who's going to pay like pitch, pitch, like, Hey, we're going to make a, a video where we trash on McDonald's. It would perform, right? <laughs> Cause that's the internet. Yeah. And they were like, well, why would you trash on us? Like, no, 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 we don't, don't talk crap about us. I'm like, no, no, no. People will love it. Trust me, but they're not there yet. So they're afraid. I'm spending all my time making videos for the for the sponsors that are too afraid to do it and push that that envelope. So you're just you're in a box. They're buying docu series and they're buying top five plays, and then the orgs are either understaffed, they need the money, or they're just gonna uh, you know cookie cutter it out because it's cheap, right? It's not until you Definitely. you free your plate of all the projects that I can start doing my my passion pieces, right? I'll put out one banger a year because that's the only time I have to work on it. I think that those are the three, three, three main things. You know, I think people are just scared, man. I think they're scared and like they're getting paid to fucking put one video out a month. So like they're lazy. They're getting like, dude, I, like how many of these orgs are like, they haven't tweeted in fucking months. I'm like, how do you have a job, bro? <laughs> I'm not even that dude. Like I, I couldn't even sit here and do nothing. Like you're just lazy. Like give your job to somebody else. Like, uh, like that's my hot take though. Like I see a lot of orgs. They, they start a docuseries. They'll do two episodes in three weeks, right? They're like, oh yeah, we're consistent. And then fucking one video every three months. That's not a series, bro. That's not a series at all. That's a limited series. Like, get your shit together. Do your job. <laughs> yeah, I think one organization that does the sort of on the edge. I won't even say on the edge. It's not even that far to left field. But right. it's pushing it a little bit. 100 Thieves, you know, their TVH, oh, yeah, yeah. series. That, yeah. that series it's, is absolutely it's genius. hilarious. Right. But that's because they, they can get the sponsors in there that that you know they're yeah. very good at educating their sponsors you know that's not even a sponsored post yet think about when um the cat when JBL cash app jbl does oh right for his audio right yeah. so think about that but they also have a track record right and they have the exactly. million eyes right so they they have the credibility but when you have a newer org like the atlanta rain or like the overwatch league you're bringing in different types of sponsors. Hundred Thieves is yep. going to get, you know, I mean, they're sponsored by Fireball. They're sponsored by Cash App. Like every sponsor under the sun wants to be with Hundred Thieves, but it's about what you can do with the sponsors that you have, right? They're going to really limit or unlock unlock your ability, but that's up to you and your organization to either push back. And and me and my boss, like I'm, I love where I'm at because we do push the boundary. We're like, no. We're going to make this video, and if you guys are severely disappointed, don't sign with us next year because I'm confident. I'll tell you, like, don't sign with me, but I'm going to give you something. Just trust me. Blind trust me, which is a lot to ask for. But if you do, you're getting a huge bang for your buck. Yeah. What's one campaign that you've been a part of that's kind of pushed that a little bit that you're, that you're proud of? Let's see here. Um, I would have to say we did a, we did a product release for uh, – it's called Elite Gamer by Cox, right? What it is, is if you have Cox Internet, you get basically it, it, it's like a VPN that makes your game less laggy, right? So you got gotcha. better connections. So we got to we got to do the product reveal. And at first they wanted an infomercial, right? Because that's what they know. But we yeah. said, well, we want something that's more um, for me for that. I was like, oh, I, I instantly thought like we're going to use Fried because he's like a good face of our team at the time. 
Um, and I was like, I love Ferris Bueller. I want him to break the fourth wall and like be living the life of a gamer, but like breaking the fourth wall. So what I did was because I knew they were going to be terrified was I did a shot for shot storyboard. I went into YouTube and I screenshotted any shot that looked like what I wanted to use in, in succession with a script underneath explaining why. And it was a boatload of work, right? Like we, we worked on yep. that video. We got that video assigned in May and we launched in October, right? Like this is, this is how long of a process this stuff takes with sponsors because they were like nitpicking that script, right? Like they were like, what does this mean? What is that reference? Why is that there? Can we change this? And it's a lot of me saying, no, no, we're doing it. And I did it, right? Yeah. We, we got to the house and they didn't sign off on the script. Like we were, I'm like, no, I booked it. I have the player here. We're here for 12 hours today. Like I'm filmed, like turned off my email and they were shitting <laughs> themselves, right? They love the result, right? Because once yeah. they got it, they were like, oh, we've been complaining about something that's not even in the video. Um, and that went off really, really well. So once that product was released, you know, you know, they did really well. They put ad spend behind it. We got downloads. We, we achieved our objective. And part of the deal is we had to do a follow-up video. So for me, I was going to have Gator, one of our other players, stream mm -hmm. just with a fan. And he was going to read off the talking points throughout the whole stream. When you're working with pro players, they don't necessarily follow your instructions word for word. So he started his stream, sat in the menu, and read my script real fast, right? <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to fucking read it, right? He didn't have the yeah. context, and I didn't script it out exactly. So he reads a script. He speeds rated it in like a minute and a half, and I owe them a two-hour stream, right? So now <laughs> I'm like, fuck, what do I do with this? This Like he's ranting. So I went in and I just made meme trash, dude. I did like the pop-up text with every word he was saying. I did like, and every image in that video, I just literally went to iStock photo and I screen grabbed it. So it has the watermarks. So when I sent it to Cox, they were like, oh, do we have to buy all these? I'm like, no, that's called meme trash. And they're like, what the hell? Do I'm like, no, it's just fast. And like the whole point is to be like, like rapid fire. And that video popped off, right? Because it was super different. I didn't even tell anybody to buy this shit, right? Because yeah. it was just Gator like speed reading through it. It had funny shit behind it. Um, but that was like an example of a campaign where they they knew my track record, right? So I they trusted me after that first video that took months and months and they allowed me to experiment. They were hopefully happy with the product. They said it was cool, right? Um, but more people, a lot of people aren't going to dedicate that time to, to pushing. They're just going to make the video. So I, you know, I do everything in my power. Like I'm I'm fighting to the last minute. I filmed, I filmed that one. Like I could have gotten a lot of trouble, but I wasn't afraid. So. Yeah. You definitely got to take risks. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy to kind of sit there and be like, Oh, the sponsors told me this and I right, get it. Right. I totally understand. And a lot of them do, fired. right? Like, like for me, for me, like a lot of, a lot of content directors are like social media people. They're not like their, their brand, the brand that they run and their personals are not tied. My name, I put on everything, man. Like when I put a video out, that's a representation of me. I retweet that shit. I commented. I'm engaging, right? I'm not putting out a half-ass thing because like my credibility is on it. And now I'm not working in Overwatch, right? Like imagine if I just sat on my laurels and I did one top five plays a video a week and one docu-series. Like why, the f why would I get hired to do bigger and better things? You're just doing the bare minimum, right? That's my resume. That's my live yeah. living, breathing resume is my Twitter account. Um. So, you know, I, I just keep that in mind. Like everything is a reflection of what I'm capable of. And like, nobody has all the context. People are going to look at your video. They're not thinking about McDonald's. They're thinking, wow, that guy's a lazy piece of shit. He couldn't edit. Yeah. I think the issue a lot of people run into a lot of social media managers can run into is they want to separate themselves. Like you said, from mm -hmm. 
the brand account. So that, that way, when they're off, they're yep. off. Like, you don't yes. have to worry about it. No one's finding their personal account and going and commenting on their page. Mm-hmm. So they can just check out. Like if someone's running the Dunkin' Donuts social media, they can just mm-hmm. like check out. No one knows it's them. But I think that's a really interesting approach to actively make sure that your personal account is integrated into what you're doing with the brand. Yeah, that's, that's a, you know, I think that's a big reason why Steel Series took me on, right? So I just started this new job with them. Um, and part of my job, they want my face on the TikTok, right? They want me to stream. Yeah. They hired me because I'm already live streaming every single day and they want a front facing staff member, right? But who's creative. So our whole initiative now is going to be to push live content about us, right? So I'm going to be on the TikTok yeah. eventually. I'm going to be streaming and I'm married to the brand, right? So now when I stream on Dauberger or when I stream on Seal Series, it's going to be one and the same. I did that because I want to, I'm trying to be, you know, my own brand. I'm trying to build two, right? And by helping them, I'm helping me and vice versa. So, you know, I think I do it a little bit differently and you're seeing it more and more now, right? I see all these social media managers doing the same shit like, oh, this post was clever, haha, right? I'm like, yeah. and I, I'm not saying I was the first. I'm just saying that like I made it super visible. Like, yo, this is me. Like, this is my voice. I wrote this. Yeah. I love it. And then without, I mean, depending on how much you can say about this going yeah. forward, what do you what do you guys have in the plans? You said you're doing the TikTok for Steel Series, you're gonna be streaming. Mm-hmm. Um what what's the overall game plan as far as like getting the product out there and like the strategy that you guys have going on? Um, so strategies to be determined, right? Um, I have my methods, right? So I have like my whole workflow now that's being integrated in, you know, we're learning how to fold in. We have more team members. Now I work with some amazing people, like some incredible people that are crazy talented. Um, and each of us is good at what we do. So I have a team now that's going to, that's going to help me plan this content out, uh, you know, schedule it, make sure that we're posting at the right times. As far as what kind of content we're going to be making, shit that people aren't used to man like for me i'm going i i have like this notebook with me all the time it's got all these tabs every one of these tabs is a different type of content right i got like 20 of these notebooks everywhere um and you know everything's going to be objective based so sometimes it's going to be about selling the product but for the most part i'm one of those guys that i'm very gary Gary vaynerchuk right so you're just gonna give 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 and then take right so my goal is to get more community involvement, right? I want to feature more of the live streamers, you know, who are partnered with Steel Series. That's going to be cool. Um, you know, do more React videos. You know, I have a lot of ideas. It's going to be about the what strategy we want to use, right, moving forward. But you're going to see more what's called shoulder piece content. So my job is going to be mainly to just put out pieces that maybe aren't selling it. They're not the fine, polished commercials you're used to seeing. There, it's going to be sketches, right? I got some sketch comedy written. Maybe I'll get back yeah. into it. Um, <laughs> I've got some, you know, react Andy videos, right? Like, you know, fans reacting to this and, you know, I'm all about community first, right? I want to make sure that the community is spotlighted. There's a lot of talented creators that are out there using the products and I want to start featuring them. It's great for them. And, and it's great for us when we, and, and steel yeah. series does that steel series already talks to their, their fans, every like their Twitter account blew me the hell away like they're they're commenting on everything man like they they like it they see it um you know and they they comment back i want to do that and through video right so we're already doing it through text 
I'm going to make, I'm going to break that fourth wall. So that's my goal with the content and the types of content are going to be different. I'm going to do infomercials. I'm going to do sketches. I'm going to do, I'm working on like, dude, there's no esports musical yet. Why? Right. <laughs> like a one man show in my apartment. Like we're going to do some cool shit. That's, that's the plan for right now. I don't have any idea. Like I don't have any cemented things yet, but the notebook's full of them. I'm, I'm very excited to see that now hypothetically mm-hmm. if you had no limits in budget no limits in authority what would that perfect campaign look like for you what's that like dream campaign that you've been thinking about but it's like it's too expensive or it's too many legal teams you have to go through <laughs> what would you want to do yeah so something i've always wanted to do was a um you know, something since college was to do a creator spotlight series. And I I started doing it with some of my personal projects on the side. You know, I run a a podcast myself where I, I, you know, interview people, right? What I want to do is unlimited budget, start calling these creators, going to their home studios, right? And filming a day in the life and doing a documentary for each of them, like a 45 minute from start to finish documentary style piece on that one creator. And that's what I want to run for the whole year right? I'm going to fly out. I'm going to set up a nice studio for you. You're going to stream and I'm going to tell your story through my brand, right? Um, That'd be the dream. You meet a lot of people and then you have all this B-roll to do, you know, a movie, right? I would culminate all these interviews and documentaries into a full movie and I'd love to do like a red carpet reveal for it. That'd be sick. Um, Yeah, that would be. That's not like a, you know, a fun, it's not like a crazy, wacky idea. It's just something that most people aren't going to do, and I don't want to do it on Discord. Like I want to be in person. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I can't wait for people to be actually able to be in person one day again. <laughs> whether it's hope, I'm not going to say it, but whether it's this year or not, um, yeah, that'll be exciting. Now, something you brought up a couple times throughout the interviews have been like the docu series and like the continued series, and kind of mentioned how a lot of them don't quite. Hit, hit the mark. So yeah. what do you think makes a successful recurring series? Well, one recur, like you got to post it on a schedule. Um, don't do one episode and then stop. Right. Um, yeah. So no, I mean, all jokes aside for me, for a docuseries, um, you know, it's got to have an A to B story. So I am, I, I went to school for acting. So like, I'm all about the hero's journey, right? Beginning, middle and end. So yep. in film, you know, you have the establishing, you know, intro, intro to hero. He denies the journey, right? Somebody comes along and they're like, go slay the dragon. He's like, nah, man, I'm going to keep farming. And then there's a rise of action, right? His girl gets stolen and he's like, oh shit, I got to go slay the dragon, right? He goes to the dragon, the dragon burns him. And now he's got to, there's the montage, right? That's the, the build, the build, the build climax kills the dragon gets the girl cool gets married and then the falling action so you got to have the story arc i watch a shit ton of movies obviously um and then value it's got to be valuable to somebody like you're not just you're not going to put a video out in my opinion you shouldn't be putting videos out people are busy like in my opinion if you're not if you're not you know working you're not making money so why are you watching my video you're spending three minutes of your day what am i going to give to that viewer so for when i was at the rain it was a lot about, you know, inspiring up and coming, uh, you know, aspiring pros. We had players who told their mom and dad they wanted to be a pro gamer and they got kicked out of the house. They slept on couches. They, they gamed, they gamed, they, you know, they grinded and they got to where we are. There's a kid out there that needs to hear that story. The same as there's somebody out there that, that you know, it's just making relatable content. 
So like the more specific you can get, it's like a comedian. Being a good comedian is not about being funny for everybody. It's about being so specific that you're touching like a hundred people who get it. So have value, have a have a, a a plot, you know, beginning, middle, and end consistency. You gotta put it out. Um, and then that's for a docu series. That's it, man. Like that's really it's not docu series are easy, and I lean on docu series. So I work on the pillar of content system, and a docu series is just one pillar for what I do. Because I can batch those out. I can record 20 interviews this week, cut 20 interviews, and then just start dropping B-roll in. And now I got 20 docuseries done. Um, and that makes a pillar. So then I can start distributing that on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, socials, and the full thing lives on Twitch and YouTube, right? So once you get that pillar established and you have your flow, then you can start introducing new series, right? Then you have your top five plays or you have you can start branching out. You use a pillar of content like the docu series because that's like kind of your safety raft in an e- in an industry that's always moving, right? So like that is yeah. my harbor, that is my safe spot to go when it, like I'm getting massive emails and I got to deliver this and this. My pillars of content are there to ground me, right? No matter what happens, I'm putting out three videos a week. My three pillars. So it's it's your anchor. It's like where you're gonna go when shit gets so busy that you start having imposter syndrome and you're ready to quit. I, I can just turn off all my notifications, sit down and start adding B-roll to my docu-series, right? Like that's supposed yep. to be your harbor. Makes sense. And when you're kind of thinking about those larger pieces of content, something I've seen you tweet about before was like the idea of like testing tweets versus delivery tweets. Mm-hmm. Where does that fit in? So like, do you use the testing tweets to kind of figure out what those pillar pieces are going to be? Like, how does that process look? Yeah. So, I mean, every one of my testing tweets, you know, so we'll, we'll use like a real case sample. Um, yeah. Like a testing tweet for me is like, if I'm going to, if I'm kicking around the idea of doing a video, say we, we did a video for Coke where Coke sent us uh, the bottles with the names on them. One of my first yeah. sponsor pieces ever for the pro scene. And I was shitting a brick cause it's Coke. Right. <laughs> And I, I'm watching all these videos go out. It's the player at the desk with a Coke bottle on their on their desk. And they turn around and they say, you know, share a Coke with. And I'm like, well, that's fucking boring. So I came up with like the Dos Equis guy. I was like, he's cool as shit. Right. So I'm like, Fried's going to be the Dos Equis guy of the Overwatch League. Right. So we did it. We, we started filming it. But before I wanted, before we filmed it, right, an idea for a test tweet on the rain would be like, Put one of those videos out, like find a Dos Equis commercial and just ask your audience, what do you think of when you watch this? Or you start tweet teasing it, right? Like who is the most interesting man in the Overwatch League? And if you get a lot of engagement, like people start tagging players and they start retweeting and asking their friends, that's a cool, that, that, that's a concept, right? You're on to something. If I tweet it and it gets absolutely ratioed, just don't do it. I don't, I don't necessarily use like testers. I don't recommend using those to build your pillars. Your pillars are okay. Your pillars are way more planned. Right. But your testing tweets are going out there for like your filler pieces, right? Like are my fans still into meme trash? Like I only know I can Rick roll my audience because I put out a Rick roll last week and I didn't lose a thousand followers. That was right. So, So now I can do it. Right. But I had to test it. Right. Like I had to do a tweet like a few months ago where I led my audience on and then, and then baited them like, and nobody realized I was testing, right? Like I put a video out and I think like it just did a hard cut to black. Like that was my bait. I wanted to see if people get pissed off at me and when they didn't, but they started sharing it with their friends, like messing with them. I was like, Oh shit. 
I'm going to hold out on them for three months. And then I Rick rolled them for a roster reveal. Like people, they were pissed, but that engagement was crazy high. And like people forgot what a Rick roll was. So it was like, Oh, this is easy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hadn't seen one of those in a minute. So it was, yeah. it, <laughs> people were mad. I got a lot of angry DMS that day. It's engagement though. Well, because people, you know, I'm making content. I was getting pissed off, dude. Like I was tweeting like absolute bangers and they, w- they wouldn't do as well because every comment was yeah. like roster reveal. This isn't a roster reveal. I got so mad that I said, you know, fuck this. I'm going to troll this shit out of you guys. Like I went hard like to announce a player that wasn't coming. And then at the end, I rickrolled him. I was like, I told you guys, like I literally in my tweets, people will be like roster when I'm like, uh, not for Christmas, not for new year's. Don't ask again. And like, of course they're going to ask again. But like I lean into it, man. Like they know it pisses me off and it's good. Like it's a good thing. Like the brand's talking to them. So they're going to keep doing it. So I just played it up like, oh, this is so annoying. Knock it off, blah, blah, blah. And then you like, boom, you hit them with a roll. Like I got my revenge at the end of the day. I got high engagement. Like it's a win-win, but there was no sponsors involved, right? Like I didn't have to worry about legal for tagging Rick Ashley. Like I tagged him. Maybe he retweeted, right? Like because I can play around with it. There was no yeah. approval to go through. Yeah, no, I mean, just listening to that, I think the biggest thing that stands out is like you actually care. Like that's, yeah, that's you the have common to. denominator here. Like no one's going to that amount of effort to put, to put together <laughs> an entire like three quarters of three quarters of a banger of a video right. to in a Rick roll. So right, like, exactly. Really care about what you're doing to to go through all that effort to to end it like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is what's one piece that you've put out that you just weren't feeling mm-hmm. but overperformed? Kind of surprised Ooh. you. That's a good one. That's a really good one. That underperformed or overperformed, but that I didn't like. That's a that's a really good one. Um, I would have to say that was there was a, a video for McDonald's again. I, I think McDonald's is, and I always, it sounds like I hate them. I love working with them. I think it was like yeah. the coolest learning experience of my career, right? Because I'm young, like I'm in my 20s and I'm telling like 15 corporate lawyers like, fuck off like no i'm gonna do it right um we did this one video where everything closed down for covid right and then when stores started reopening mcdonald's was like hey our new initiative is to get people back into our stores like what kind of video can we do for that so we had Dogman go through all of the talking points of the of the the restaurants right so like they they gave us a list of all their new safety features and i wrote a script around that i hated that video man like I hated doing it. I hated like I didn't even have to film it, right? Like I had my roommate filmed it for me, right? Because I was inundated with other projects at the time. And mm-hmm. like they're like, oh, uh, don't use this shot of this employee. And I'm like, no, you told me to shoot the like to film the employees for the video. And and so like it was just like every edit they needed something. I hated that video, man. Like I I wanted to do like more of like a like a '90s infomercial like with the with the squared ratio and the call now five easy payments kind of style, um, and they weren't vibing with it. So I was just kind of upset that I didn't get to do my idea. But when that video went out, you know, people were like, "Oh shit, dog man at McDonald's! I'm gonna go to McDonald's now, right?" Because like we're in Atlanta, they they think he's gonna be eating there every day, I guess. Um, but that that one kind of performed that like it performed higher than I I thought it would because we were pitching them to go to a physical store, but they ended up being super happy with it. You know, it came out and the, the video wasn't anything special, but it was, you know, it performed, you know, I don't really have too many of the, those experiences because if your heart's not in it, 
and the, the there's no direction like you can tell like you can just like it's it's gonna fall short in not just the video but the copy around it because you're not passionate like i don't even want to tweet it i'm just like bro i don't want to tag this anymore but you have to so like the audience can feel that they're like you know you put out a half-ass post they're like ah well this isn't the hundred thousand percent rain speaking right now this is just like the intern tweeting out a video yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a time and a place for it sometimes, but I, I agree with you. Like, it's not it's not where you want to be most of the time, right? But it's gonna be those ones that like I, I've had a few where I put out a tweet and like, yeah, it's it's fine. Like, it's not terrible. Like, it's not gonna offend anyone, but it's not gonna get any engagement. And then it's right, pops. right. There are those sometimes, but um, going into 2021, yeah. What are some trends in terms of content that you're excited about? Oh, that I'm excited about. Um, you're seeing a lot more crossplay. So between industries, you're seeing like, you know, T-Pain's all over Twitch now. You're seeing like a lot more music being fused in with the industry. I love that. Um, you're seeing a lot more collaborations, right? So like now you have like politicians on Twitch streaming with streamers, right? Like that's wild. So now my job and my my goal is to like start highlighting that kind of stuff. Like when you get, you know, I think this year was the first year that a pro athlete hired out an agency to run his online brand. I think it was like the pitcher for the Phillies or something. Um, yeah, are you talking about Trevor Bauer? I think so. Like, I don't want to misspeak, but I'm pretty sure he was yeah, he's doing some really one of the, cool yeah, he was like the first one, but he hired the whole, he hired a company, right. To, to teach him it first. And they run his brand account for Twitch. So like you're seeing more of that. So like I my goal is to start integrating like that guy needs to be gaming with a Steel Series partner like today. Like there's no reason why we shouldn't be hitting that guy up. Um I'm not a bit. Can you Yeah, yeah, you are cutting in and out a little bit. All right, I think I think I you're think back. We're good now. I hear you. Yeah, I'm back now. Cool, cool. Where were where were you? Yeah, so I was just saying, you know, like for example, if if I'm in the space now and he's doing that, like I want to work with that guy. I want to put him next to a streamer like that has steel series shit and i want him to game right like like we need to start building yeah. bridges now for for you know connecting people that maybe aren't gamers we got to start bridging the gap between you know maybe sports fans and and you know esports right start building those gaps and the the best way you're going to do that is by integrating into their culture so you're going to connect through them with players you're not going to connect through them by putting your ad in front of their pre-roll like it's not going to work. You're not you're not putting an Overwatch pre-roll in front of the Major League Baseball game next week and expect any signups, right? It's just not going to work. Now, if you have, you know, Dogman throws out the first pitch at the game and then calls, you know, Aaron Rodgers a feeder, I don't know if any of these references are even, you know, true anymore. But, you know, he calls him a feeder, boom, now you have a moment. That's a gamer moment with an athlete. So I'm super excited for that kind of stuff. I mean, Steel Series is dope in the fact that they work with the Mountain from Game of Thrones, which is cool. Yep. So like, like I want to do more shit like that. Like I want to get a big name as my first like booking. Like I want to get a huge like dude. I want to get like Hodor or something. I don't know. Like I want to get the Game of Thrones cast now, dude. Like I don't even care. I'm gonna figure out how to film with Kit Harrington. Like I don't know. Like cool shit, man. Like I just want to mix stuff up, you know. And and. Now, now we're heading into 2021, something that like I've been really, really like really hot on is like, now it's like this 10 year mark of like early 2000s videos, right? Like I was watching like real old school, like Newgrounds be was before YouTube. It was like this place for adult games and videos. And, and like now we should be reviving those trends because now people don't know what the hell they are. 
but you're going to hit like the, you know, the older generation. I'm not even that old, but you're going to hit people my age in their mid twenties. Like, Oh shoot. I watched this in second grade. How did I forgot about this? Like now you're, because all those videos started to go widescreen. Right. So now you can integrate them easier into these overlays. You can start showing like real old, like commercial, like cringy McDonald's commercials, like, like with the old song, start bringing that shit back. Like Pokemon's cool as shit now. So like, yeah, I want to integrate like a whole, I'm just going to find every steel series, like partnered streamer. I'm going to start Twitch, like ripping out when they open packs, man. Cause I'm hot on Pokemon. I love that shit. And I know it hits on like trends. And I know that the streamers love it. It's just like the perfect marriage. I'm going to get Pokemon fans now to love Steel Series because I am passionate about Pokemon. My streamers are passionate. And now you have like all the Gary V collectors are going to start watching our yeah. shit. Like I'm going to start fusing, right? Like now we can start fusing like old school, new school. And, and, you know, I don't really focus on the trends as much, right? I just, I anything that I'm hot on because like me and my community, and as long as those two groups are in on it, like you're good. You don't even need to hit the trend, make the trend, you know? yeah and it all bleeds over as long as you're authentic i mean going back exactly kind of repeated it's like as long as you care as long as you're authentic and as long as Mm -hmm. you're listening to your like i think spending time in your replies is one of the most underrated things like especially free clout dude like like just start commenting like why wouldn't you that's an extra engagement for your analytics so when you're looking for a sponsor you're like at nine hundred thousand impressions now that's your one millionth impression like don't be lazy comment back it's so easy and it can, it can make someone's day mm-hmm. i guess uh um i forget which social account it was but it was another it was another org social account earlier today people were like commenting like oh we love this org because mm-hmm. they literally just spent time replying to their tweets like, right and that's it. it yeah people love it man like my favorite thing to, is to just go into my dms for rain and just start giving people shit right they're just like can i get overwatch league skins and i'm like yeah and they're blown away and i'm like it's not hard for me to do it cost me zero money and like, I wanted to connect with you, right? Like, I'm just like, cool, yeah. go get your skin. They're like, do I need to tweet any? I'm like, no, go get your fucking, go game. What are you doing? Stop talking to me. Like, go <laughs> do your thing, right? Like those, those are moments that make a social media, media manager's day too. You know, I get, I get super excited when people retweet and like best social team ever. I'm like, oh, I just edit videos, but thanks, man. I appreciate you. Like yeah. it makes my day to make their day. Love it. Now you just mentioned like editing videos, doing mm-hmm. social media. How do how important do you feel it, it? How important do you feel it is for content creators to be multifaceted? So not just focusing on mm-hmm. posting on social media, not just focusing on editing, not just focusing on photography. Do you feel like it's important for every content creator to have at least a decent understanding of the different fields? I think this is going to be about context. So I'm huge on context, and I think every person who yeah. asks me that question, I'm going to look at your Twitter first. Like, what are your goals? Like if your goal is to be uh, um, like a director of content like me, then like, yeah, get your hands on it. But bro, I suck at graphics. Like uh, everybody knows it. I can't center text to save my life, right? But like know where your weaknesses are, absolutely. But like you got to know what your design, if you're going to, I outsource designers then. I still have to speak their language to communicate my vision. So like I tell everybody first, your biggest asset you're ever going to have is just communication. Learn how to speak to people, right? Like, yeah. like I, I can't tell you how many times I've just DM somebody like, ah, oh, how do you do like this in Photoshop? And like, people are like, oh, I'll just do it and then show you, right? So I get the graphic, I'm learning, but because I could communicate my vision and because they just wanted to help me out and because like, you know, I, I pay for work, you know, it, it just benefits everybody. So first know how to communicate. 
yeah, I think you should know a, a like a foundation, like a entry level, like know how to how what. So like when people give you a term like a like a shoulder piece versus you know B roll versus A roll, like any of that technical stuff, like you got to be able to speak the lingo. But it's always dependent. Like if you want to run social media, don't like please don't learn how to use Blender and how to use After Effects to like the best of your like. Don't waste your time, dude. Like learn in yeah. analytics. Like and then like. For me, it's like leaning into your strengths. I'm not good at graphics. So when I make a video, I just put a black background with white text that says graphic goes here. And either I'm going <laughs> to learn how to do it or I can outsource it, right? Because I'm not yeah. going to waste my time doing shit I'm bad at. Like I, that's not, I don't have time to waste my time like that, right? I'm just going to outsource it um, because on the back end, I'll get the ROI, right? The video goes out. It's a banger. Sponsors love it. All of that good stuff. It's always about your ob objectives. If you're if you're looking to get into an entry level social media role, you're gonna have to know basic graphic design. So Photoshop, please know how to like make a graphic. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a banger. Just start cop like start copying people and learning yeah. the foundation of the tool. Right? Don't post those copies. Right? But learn how to replicate. Then you can start stylizing your way. Um, and learn like maybe how to cut Twitch clips. But you don't need to know how to put fancy titles and tell an A to B story. Like I'd rather you start like tweeting shit on your personal to see if people like the way you write, like develop your voice. But it's always going to be about what your objectives are. So like know where you're going. And if you're not good at something, don't waste your like try. Like if you have free time, like on a Saturday and you're not working and you're like, shit, dude, I suck at After Effects. Like I force myself to edit a video in After Effects once every three months just so I can know what updates went out. But I'm very rarely in After Effects, right? Because it's not my wheelhouse. I'm a Premiere editor. So I'll ask a friend how to do it. So don't like don't spend your energy and your time honing skills that you're just not made to do. Like don't waste your time. Know your strengths. And that way when you go to apply for the job, you just say, look, I can do this, this, and this, and I cannot do this. Then you're not going under false pretenses. You're not getting fired for underperforming at something you weren't hired to do, right? Like you're setting boundaries, you're setting the expectation, and then you're going to learn it as you go. You're going to learn 90% of what you do on the job, right? So get a foundation and then really start aligning towards what you want to do. Become a, become a specialist, man. Specialists make so much money to do what they love. Don't be like, you know, like I have to do every part of production and I hate doing most parts of production, right? I love writing the scripts. I love filming the scripts. I hate doing the graphics, man. Like lower thirds, I hate being in After Effects, typing people's names and then rendering and exporting. So I just don't spend my time doing it. You know, just play to your strengths and know where you're weak. And then, you know, use that free time to maybe hone up, buy a course. You know, after a year, maybe you see that the the trends, like people are hiring more motion designers because motion is super hot right now like they make a lot of money then just study that right like just go yeah. where, where where you're passionate though don't try to force yourself into something if you're not a clever like analytics person right like you just can't read a fucking spreadsheet like maybe you shouldn't do social media like yeah. find it maybe you're great at copy be a copywriter write for their blog right find where you fit stop trying to fit other people's like requirements Love that. And now to round out the interview, two really hard hitting questions. The last one's the most important question of the interview. But before that one, this next question, what's the favorite, what's your favorite Pokemon card that you've pulled so far? Oh my gosh, man, you're killing me. Uh, my favorite Pokemon card that I have right now. Yes. Dude, I, I pulled a VMAX Char shiny Charizard. 
I did. I had it. Actually, I'm going to showboat it because it's right somewhere. Oh, yeah. You you asked. So this is my favorite Pokemon card. It's a VMAX. I thought oh, I shit. Really focused to work. Yeah. I don't now I need to get a little bit more into Pokemon so, cards. Like, yeah, yeah. This is a like, pre-order pack. <laughs> on like the the editions and like the shadow lists and all those. Right, stuff. right. And you kind of buff up on that. But I know Charizard is like Charizard's dude, Charizard's where all the money's at. So I got two of like the Charizards that go for a couple grand each, and then that guy's like an eight hundred dollar card. But I collect, right? So I just I buy them just because yeah. they're cool as hell. And then if I can flip them down the road for a new camera, I'm gonna flip them. Favorite Pokemon card I have, but I have um, I have so many Pokemon cards. That was a trick question. Yeah, I I love it. I still open packs though, so I'll probably open something cooler tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. And then the last question of the interview, which is the most important question, and it's really going to determine whether or not we stay friends after this. Ooh, interview. ooh, pressure's on. Do you drink coffee? And if so, how do you drink your coffee? Ooh, yes, I do drink coffee. That's what I'm drinking right now, and I drink it sweet and light. I drink it sweet and light, so it's it's a lot of sugar, a lot of cream. But when I was in college, I drank it black because I couldn't afford sugar. <laughs> I, I respect it. I respect it. I'm more of a cold brew guy. You're a cold I, brew I, guy. You know, yeah. I should be a cold brew guy because I'm in Atlanta now, and it's hot. There's yeah. just something about – I think, like, my body requires the heat in the morning. Like, it wakes me up. You know, when I start working at the crisp morning hour of 10 a.m., it's so hard to wake up for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, I mean, in the morning it is cold, so cold brew isn't like the the logical go to. But I don't know. I just like once I I tried it and haven't turned back. So you make it at your house? No, it's or like you buy it. Cold brew. It's there's like these bottles of cold brew concentrate, and like the oh. funny thing is that when the first time I got it, I didn't know it was concentrate, so I poured like a full cup, like a full mug. Oh, of you drank straight concentrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I probably had like eight, like six to eight hundred milligrams of caffeine in one you go must have got a lot done that day oh no it's just like <laughs> the entire day i, yeah. I wish i got a lot done i <laughs> love it learned my lesson there but no the concentrate ones are actually pretty good like trader joe sells one that's pretty good Ooh, i'll have to try it my brother does the starbucks yeah. cold brews like they're in the big jugs i don't think yeah. it's concentrate though he just dumps that shit into a cup although he's kind of crazy so he probably does drink the concentrate <laughs> <laughs> yeah either way you can't go wrong but that that is as long as you don't drink iced coffee because there's a distinction. No, 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 no. That melts. It gets all watered down, man. I don't trust yep. iced coffee. Yep. Love that. So, dude, I appreciate you hopping on the show. This is a really no, fun. Thank you for having me, man. No, I appreciate your time. And, dude, you this, this podcast is awesome. I'm so excited to see it, man. You do such a good job here. And thank you for having me. So, yeah, you guys, make sure you're following this guy. If you guys are in chat from my place, go follow Tommy Clark right now. Go do it. I appreciate that. And guys, yeah, if you guys are watching right now, I appreciate you tuning in all the way till the end. Uh, if you're on Twitch, feel free to follow me there. I stream all the podcasts live on there. I don't really stream a whole lot gaming-wise. I need to change that. But all the podcasts are going live on Twitch as well as on Twitter. And if you're on audio, be sure you hit subscribe and drop a five-star rating and review. I would really appreciate that as we're getting this off the ground. But Danny, thank you again for coming on. Oh, thank you, man. You have a good one. <laughs>